We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But, you know, yeah, but the, uh, you know, the thing that I loved about it was the, the context of it. You know what I mean? Like, it was a byproduct of guys working together to create opportunities for each other. And, uh, and when you're playing like that, it creates rhythm for everyone. And, you know, I thought Julius made a number of good plays out of the post, you know, that where they collapsed on him, he sprayed. And then there was a pass-pass rhythm shot. Uh, Jalen started getting blitzed, and he got off the ball. And, you know, the second pass to the backside, you know. So I thought guys worked really well together. And, you know, that you, you end up scoring a lot of points that way. And we played from a lead, and uh, it, was, it was terrific. I thought Dante gave us a terrific game off the bench. Um, and, uh, you know, we needed everyone, so it was good. And, and Mitch started slowly, and uh, Isaiah picked us up a little bit, and then Mitch was terrific in the second half. That, my friends was extremely fun, uh, despite the two people that you were seeing on your screen. The fact that we, you know, look extremely similar to one Jonathan Macri and Benji Ritholz. In my case, obviously, I'm a spitting image of Benji. Um, we are not John or Benji. We are the J Bros. We are back together again. He is DJ, the tremendous and talented film expert. I am XJ. I'm simply known for watching basketball through spreadsheets. It's kind of like the matrix for me. You know, other people see the data. I see Jalen Brunson like snaking a pick and roll and, and putting up the floater and getting an and one. That's what I see when I look at spreadsheets. Anyway, we are here to talk to you about this amazing game. DJ, how are you feeling, man? What's your instant reaction to what we just saw? Man, I'm feeling great. That was... Uh, and we'll get into all the details why I think that was the best game this team has played start to finish all year. I didn't have, um, you know, a ton of confidence going into the game in terms of, you know, I thought it would be close. I had no expectation this uh, Nick team was going to blow this Raptor team out based on the fact that Julius was banged up and being a back to back. So just can't wait to sort of dive into the details of what went down. But that was as you know, dominant a performance we've seen um, in a while for this team. And I think there are so many players that played well, and we'll talk about all of them, but it was just uh, complete domination and ways that were literal because of the strength edge this Knicks team had. And we'll, uh, I'm sure, talk more about that as we uh, move along. But that was a big key for me just to see the Knicks use their muscle and use it to their uh, advantage big time. 
Absolutely. I mm. agree with all of those points. To me, I just that's a that's a statement victory. And and mm. the one that I've been looking for personally, like I've been watching all the games obviously this season. Got some really good wins, huge unbelievable super fun come from behind win against Miami. Um but this one was a statement victory to me. And like you said, dominant performance, especially in the second half, like utter domination. It looked like the Raptors didn't belong on the same court as the Knicks. And for me, uh, you know, a little, a little behind the scenes for me, I've been having some back and forth with some Raptors fans. I'll tell you what, (laughs) these Raptors fans are annoying. (laughs) (laughs) They are annoying, but I, I I tell you what else, DJ, Mm -hmm. I'm from the Bronx. And I'm more annoying than these Raptors fans. And trust me, I'm going to, I'm going to give it back way you more are. than I'm getting it. Trust yes, me. You it, are. Doesn't, it doesn't matter how many of them there are. And they, the Knicks, they really let me off the hook tonight because I would have been, uh, you know, up until 2 AM going back and forth with Raptors fans. So I don't have to worry about that tonight. Tremendous, amazing statement victory. Um, I mean, we should just dive in and I really yeah. want, you know, you alluded to it kind of the same big key, big takeaway that I had as far as the strength and the, 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 the physical domination that the, the Knicks did that I really wasn't expecting coming into this game. Um, but you saw it, DJ, do you want to kind of start from there and, and, and talk sure. about any specific players that you've seen or, or, or kind of those broad takeaways? Yeah. I mean, the first guy is, is Julius. And I feel like there is uh, an ability for him right off the the jump to get to wherever he wanted to go. And the Raptors, you know, they are very long and their length gave the Knicks some problems, especially on the offensive glass. And I felt like in the first few minutes, I, f- I felt like the Knicks needed to sort of adjust to how long and rangy this Raptor team really is. And once Scotty Barnes went to the bench and he, he sort of has the same RJ, um, minutes rhythm where he takes a breather right around the six minute mark of the first quarter. And right when Gary Trent came in, I felt like the Knicks got their rhythm and then didn't really relinquish it in terms of their offense. But Julius just, he was able to move the Raptors wherever he wanted them to go. And by doing so, he was able to create passing lanes and the Knicks shooters did a wonderful job, especially DiVincenzo. And this is a skill he had um, in the, uh, with the Warriors. And it's, it's completely carried over where he will relocate and create those angles himself. So you factor that in. And then Josh Hart making um, threes. It was just Randall's passing to me. It was process and it was also the physical edge. And that to me was where the advantage physically really showed up. I I could not agree more in our, our KFS group chat. Um, mm-hmm. I put into that. I said, this is Randall's best game of the year. And it, it really yep. was to me. Um, I came into this game thinking, okay, this Toronto team, we cannot be going one-on-one versus this team that basically when you look at the Phoenix game that they just played, they kind of just clamped Booker and KD. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they put them on lock and, and, you know, Booker and KD like to go ISO and, um, uh, OG and Scotty, they did an amazing job against them. But I think that I really underestimated the difference in the stylistic advantages that the Knicks had, which is exactly what you said. Um, you know, a guy like Katie, a guy like Booker, they're going to try to dance on you from the perimeter and play a little bit more of a finesse game. And that plays right into the hands of the super long, uh, athletic mm-hmm. and rangy Raptors team. Whereas the Knicks and Julius Randall said, I'm not dancing on you guys. I'm mm-hmm. putting my, my shoulder directly into your chest and I'm pummeling you all the yep. way to the basket. And he did it all night. And it was unbelievable. Really, it was. Yeah, I didn't want to jump on that. Sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to uh, jump in on you, but it just reminded me of game five against Cleveland last year in the playoffs where he hurt his ankle, but that first 
from the beginning, he was like, I'm going through Mobley every single time. And while he missed a lot of shots early in that game, he he ended up really having his way in terms of getting to the basket. And it it just, that's what it was um, tonight as well, where he just, he he had his way with that Toronto team, which I thought defended Brunson really well. They weren't allowing him to dribble into pull up threes. They were playing really high on that pick and roll. They were hard hedging. They were not playing any deep drop. It was a completely different sort of coverage that he's been accustomed to um, because he's been such a great three-point shooter. They rightly decided we are not giving him that shot. So the Knicks needed another guy to sort of carry the offense a little bit and create plays for others. And Julius was completely up to that task. Absolutely. And, and, and one thing that stuck out a lot to me on top of all of that, or that really feeds into all of that is how quickly and decisively Randall was attacking. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was amazing just because he knew he had the strength advantage. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew he could get to where he wanted to go. And like you mentioned, he could kind of bully his way into creating passing lanes. Right. And not only did he know all of that, he confidently exploited all of it, which Mm -hmm. we don't see as often from Julius. I mean, we see him kind of get his, get his way and, and use his strength oftentimes, but he was so decisive. There was no like processing delay or anything, anything like that for most of the game. He was finding shooters when the double came. He didn't seem surprised by the doubles coming. He seemed like he anticipated them. Um, Mm -hmm. His eyes were wide open and I just, yeah, I just thought it was just amazing all around performance from Randall. Yeah, I agree with you. It was his best performance of the season. And then the other guy that I thought really used his strength to a big advantage was Josh Hart. And he he had what one defensive rebound where it was, I don't know, I don't know if I, I didn't catch the replay, but Boucher went down as if he got elbowed by Hart and then it ended up being a quickly three on the other end in the fourth quarter. And it was just an example of Hart going through Boucher, who's longer, was Ranger, but Josh Hart is built like a fire hydrant and was able to go right through him, grab that defensive rebound, and then create uh, an advantage on the other end. I thought Hart played phenomenally. Um, and that's even putting aside the fact that he was making shots. I thought his processing, his cutting, all that was was really um, on point. Uh, probably his best offensive game um, in terms of his all around performance um, this year, and maybe one of the, probably one of the best he's had as a Nick, and just in terms of like his his ability to get to the rim, make passes, and then make shots, uh, didn't hesitate. Um, had the one hesitation where he stepped out of bounds in the uh, the right corner, but overall, I thought he played really well, and he had that he had a, he had a big strength advantage as well, and really used it. I think that's a big takeaway. You know, Toronto's got to figure out, um, you know, against these physical teams, you know, do they have the sort of um, you know, sturdiness to hand to to um, handle some of those rosters, but you know, if the Knicks really exploited that, and it was like like you, not something I necessarily thought was going to be the case. So happy to uh, to be proven not necessarily wrong, but surprised uh, going into this game. And I, I mean, I do want to say. It was a, was it tied at half? It was a close game at halftime. I think it was um, 57 all, I believe. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. 57 all going into the, yeah, at halftime. That third quarter was utter domination by the Knicks and really overall the second half. And Josh Hart was a big reason for it. As you mentioned, he was just so aggressive and assertive. And I think this is like such a pattern. It's with some of these players, it's, when we see them be aggressive and confident and assertive, they play really well. And Hart is absolutely one of those guys. There was this pass um, quickly got into the teeth of the defense and kicked it out to Hart and Hart pulled up. It was above the break. And we know that Hart has not mm-hmm. been shooting well above the break all season from the corners. He's been okay above the break. He has not been consistent whatsoever. Yep. Josh pulled up 
and hit the three with so much confidence. And it looked like, I imagine, you know, he, he makes us, he's so expressive. You know, he, mm-hmm. he makes those faces where he's like, yeah, what's wrong with you? Like he, yeah. he gave, he gave off that vibe of like, how dare, like, do you know who I am? And it was like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know who you were. He was playing to me like, just like last year's Josh Hart, you know, like it was, it, it really was just like he played last year, aggressive on the rebounds, using his physicality, um, taking the shot when he had it and shooting it with confidence. It was amazing. And one thing that I noticed is, and, and I'm, I'm curious to hear this because you, you know, you have a great eye, obviously, and, and a better one than mine for watching live games. Um, I felt like they were helping a day, the Raptors helping off of heart a lot to the point where it was like, they were kind of disrespecting him, just like leaving him alone on some plays. And, and I felt like he was emboldened by it. Like there was a few, there were at least two or three plays where I was like, that's a lot of space that they're giving him. And a couple of times he attacked the space and got passes from Julius um, on cuts and was able to kind of mm-hmm. go right up at the basket. And then a couple of times he caught it and shot it and was just like almost indignant to me. Like uh, he, he I, I think he, he realized that they were treating him like some non shooter. And I, I, I think he obviously doesn't believe himself to be that. So I wonder if you saw that as well. I definitely did. And uh, to me, it's been sort of a theme this season where teams are just going to play him, you know, especially when there's he's playing with DiVincenzo or even RJ when they're when they're sharing the floor, they're going to play off heart. And at times it has been I think it's been a benefit to the defense to do that. But tonight, I I think you're right. It was just it was a quick decision making that that one cut where he had the, the lefty layup at the basket, I believe, off the Julius pass that you referenced. And then just the shooting overall. You know, it was just it was a a phenomenal performance from him. And, you know, we know he's been a better shooter than this over his career. Um, Yes, there's been peaks and valleys, but his shooting was going to sort of get to maybe not. I'm I'm sure it's not going to be at the level it was last year um, as a Nick. But if he could be upper 30s, you know, maybe pushing 40 percent on, you know, decent volume, that's that's just what you expect. Um or that's as bad as good as you can expect. And then you have all the other intangibles that he's bringing to you. Um, it was just, I think his aggression overall was apparent and even came out in ways where he and um, Hartenstein uh, had a few occasions where it was like, they were both going for the ball and the ball got tipped around and it ended up being an offensive rebound for the Raptors. And he was really demonstrative. I think got a technical foul during the game. He was just really into this uh, passionately, aggressively, and emotionally, and he really, for the most part, uses it to his, his advantage, a big game for him. And in that third quarter, you referenced it. I thought Grimes had a, you know, it was a few moments, but his he, he sort of had an, a little bit of an awakening, got, got to the free throw line, made a nice pass, pass to Mitch um, for a dunk. And then Robinson, uh, Mitch, uh, he just was all over the ball in terms of uh, getting hands, getting steals, generating a lot of events on that end. Uh, and then Randall's passing the third quarter really started to jump. So I agree with you. Tied going into the third, you, ex- you know, not so confident going into that. But the, I mean, the Knicks just played a phenomenal third quarter and really just sort of put their your foot on their on the Raptors chest and didn't let up until, you know, they really didn't until like a, mo- a few moments in the fourth quarter when the game was already decided. Just a, a phenomenal game overall. And, um, you know, I feel like there's so many, I mean, the bench points, I mean, they scored, I think, 52 bench points and the Raptors, um, let's see, 52 to 25 bench edge for the Knicks. I mean, that is a big time advantage and their bench continues to be a major bright spot. DiVincenzo shooting as it's as advertised. I mean, he is a phenomenal shooter, especially out of that right corner, which he has to be over. He was 12 of 20 coming into the game and I think uh, probably shot 
you know, I don't know if he missed one from the right corner in this game. Just another great game shooting out of that spot above the break as well. Uh, the bench has been phenomenal uh, and just carried uh, has been carrying over and really being a big uh, source of offense and just uh, change of pace for this Nick team. And, and it's a real edge against uh, some of these teams that don't have a great bench. They, the Knicks can really count on, you know, sort of building leads or cutting to leads with their uh, that unit. I mean, 100% agree with everything you said. Uh, it's, it's nice that you mentioned, you gave a little shout out to Quentin Grimes, uh, my dog, Quentin Grimes. Yeah. He, he did show a little glimpse, a little promise attacking in the third quarter. It was a little bit, it was a little bit, but it yeah. was worth a shout out. And I'm yep, glad you absolutely. mentioned it, <laughs> but, but, but like you said, I mean, the bench, you mentioned the bench, you mentioned mm. shooting, you mentioned confidence. And I cannot help but think of the one guy that you mentioned, Dante DiVincenzo mm-hmm. shooting the freaking lights out, like ultimate confidence. Like he came in with that Cam Thomas irrational confidence level. Like mm-hmm. I'm the best player in the world at this specific thing, which is shooting. I mean, the pump fake. I, I don't remember who it was. Scotty Barnes. Was pump it on fake, Scotty? Then he, okay. Yeah. Then dribble left, pull up. The pump three. fake and then yep. side side dribble to the yep. three with just the ultimate confidence, a straight mm-hmm. stone cold face on. Like this is nothing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the and, and it was actually really funny. The Divincenzo air ball from the top of the key from like twenty eight feet on like yeah, yeah. the quick catch and shoot. There the was no check. one near him. Yeah. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, you know what, Dante, you could do that as much as you want. I really don't care. It's yeah, just- and, and Clyde is always. I love Clyde because he'll always reference the fact that a guy will go on like a little hot streak and then air ball a shot and then just be like, how does it happen folks? How do you, how do you make two in a row and then miss one wide? I mean, it's just like, he's always so incredulous when a guy just completely blows one, but it's, it was a bit of a a heat check for Dante, but he certainly um, deserves a, a few of those. Absolutely. I mean, slight yeah. tangent. Um, yeah. The 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 that's actually I think the whole reason why, for a while, the 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 statistical community believed that there was no such thing as the hot hand effect. Essentially, mm-hmm. in basketball, was because there was a miscalculation of the fact that when a player is hot. They do. They are likely to make more shots, but they're also likely to take worse shots than they would if they didn't oh, feel absolutely. like they were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even Chenzo yeah. <laughs> is an absolute uh, image of that. So, but it, you know, yeah. it was absolutely worth it. Um, the the one. I mean, we do. I, I do want to mention Brunson before we get over to the the super chats. Mm-hmm. I think Brunson was super steady as he normally is. Um, I was paying attention to something specifically that you've been talking about, which is the kind of the depth of his shooting that, that he's, that he's been like spotted up a little bit further out, um, which I think was really helping the Knicks spacing. And to me, it was like, at this point, the level that Brunson's playing on, uh, Toronto, you can't have a shooter on him. You just, you just can't, you can't live with shooter on him. I think shooter got completely taken advantage of. And anytime Brunson saw him, um, it was immediately ISO. And honestly, he did really well against Scotty too. Like I thought the length was going to bother him, but I felt like he was able to hold his own and still able to kind of get where he wanted to go. And, and we, I mean, you talked about Julius's strength, but a a lot of times I saw Brunson's strength on display as well. Like, it's not like you can just bully him and say, okay, I got a six, nine guy on you. And this guy's going to just keep you from getting into the paint. Brunson can get there and he's obviously not the fastest guy in the league, but he's obviously crafty and a really tremendous core strength that I think was on display tonight as well. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, Benji's talked about his, his shoulder, left shoulder specifically just creating space, but you're right about the, the core strength and balance. Um, that's where his strength really shines offensively, at least because, you know, he creates that impact that, that he'll create the contact, but a lot of guys can do that and then not be able to, to rise up balanced and, and make a shot. And he does that as well as, I mean, anyone in the league, uh, especially against taller, um, sometimes stronger opponents. I mean, just a phenomenal job um, by him against, uh, and I mentioned it earlier on, uh, it was a defense that was really trying to take um, his three-point shooting out of the game. And for the most part, I thought Toronto did a pretty good job of that, making him more of a mid-range creator, which is an amazing occurrence because that is sort of like where his bread and butter has been throughout yeah, his career. It's kind of funny. <laughs> and now teams are at least one team has been like, all right, we want you to do that thing because <laughs> the thing you've now decided to learn and be amazing at is, is too dominant and too Such efficient. A good point. And yeah. we need to, we need you to do what you were doing uh, last year. And then you're in your Dallas days. So it just speaks to his um, incredible development as a shooter off the bounce, off the catch uh, as a relocator. He, um, he and DiVincenzo, if you just watch them move and create angles, I mean, yes, Julius is doing a lot of the creating himself and creating those passing lanes in that space. But if he didn't have, he doesn't have guys creating the angles to create that passing lane. It's like you need both, both, um, you know, strings to be attached and Julius does it. And then um, he has shooters that are able to re- relocate very well. And, and that is created, created a nice little symbiotic relationship between Julius and some of these shooters. Uh, I think it's been where this team is maybe has a little bit higher ceiling than last year, because I think, you know, they've added shooting and their shooters, they have on their roster from last year have gotten better. And I think they've sort of like figured out a better way of creating looks using Julius's gravity and moving and relocating and getting open looks. I mean, I think that's been a real key for their early season start. I, yeah, I, I totally agree with all of that. I think that's tremendously said, um, before we move over to super chats, well, we, we don't have AG one, uh, 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 a drinking game with us tonight, but if we did, what do you think is something that a theme that we'll see consistently in the chat? Like to me, I think it's going to be a lot of ride with Randall Knight and, uh, yeah. and, and, and the, and the Randall crew has definitely, <laughs> they've, they've, they, they deserve this one because Randall was <laughs> tremendous. So I, I would love to see it if that's the case. It's going to be a lot of Julius and look, he's been, he's not been amazing. He's not been last year's Julius, um, overall this year, obviously, but it's starting to come back a little bit. Um, the shooting is going to be as sort of like the last frontier, at least for this year in terms of getting back to where he was. Last year, I have to look at it a little more with a little more detail, but the shot just the form itself looks like it's got a little bit of a hitch in it. Like it doesn't look smooth coming out of his hand from his dip all the way to his uh, his release. So there's something I think there's something a little bit off with his shooting form and he's a two motion shooter. There's a lot of things happening, a lot of uh, variables that he has to contend with any two motion shooter does. So things can sort of go haywire um, compared to a guy like quickly who's more one motion dip to the release. It's a lot, lot less moving parts. So going to dive into that maybe tomorrow or uh, this weekend, but I, I just feel like um, he's been trending in the right direction. Physically his finishing has gotten better. And then at least passing tonight, just as good as it's been all year for sure. 
So bring all the Julius stands come out now. You you guys deserve this one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I I think that's such a, I I mean, you you caught my, you caught my interest though. (laughs) I think that's such an interesting point about his two motion shot and seeing some, something like technically wrong um, or, or technically off about his shot. Um, So, but, but we'll, we'll probably get into it as we get into the super chat. Cause I'm sure we're going to hear, hear, hear a lot about Julius tonight. Um, Let us jump into the super chats and we got, APJP on the ones and twos tonight. Super excited about that. Um, Justin, if you want to bring up those super chats, we're ready to go. Let's do it. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about AG1. Going into this season, I decided it was time to make a change. My digestion didn't feel its best. I felt sluggish, stressed, didn't feel as focused, and knew I needed to do something different. So I decided to give AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health, a boost in energy, and I hated taking pills or vitamins. Well, when I started drinking AG1 daily, not only could I see a difference in my daily health, but I finally had energy and noticed how much more relaxed and focused I was. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs, such as gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to evaluate your baseline health. Fun fact, I recommended AG1 to all my friends, family, and Mrs. Claudio. We drink AG1 first thing in the morning to make sure we have the energy needed to take on a busy day. There's no debate, AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash filmschool. That's drink. That's drinkag1.com slash filmschool. Check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. First one from my dog, Hayden Freed. Uh, it's the National, not International Basketball Association. Um, a, a low key shot at at the the <laughs> the nation of Canada. <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will take it. It is yeah. that is totally accurate. I mean, uh, you know, outside of the years that Toronto's won a world championship, <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> listen, I can't I can't argue with it. Right, uh, Toronto's an amazing city. 
I love it. I think it's a phenomenal place to 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 visit. Uh, but yes, this is this was a a New York uh, a New York night for sure. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to give my Toronto praise. Yeah, that I, I I obviously I mean we talked about this in our group chat as well. A lot of us in, in our group chat love Toronto as a city. It, it, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. But tonight's not the night to celebrate Toronto. No. Tonight's the night to no, celebrate sir. New York City. Let's go. Yes, <laughs> appreciate it, Hayden. <laughs> what else do we got coming up? Robert Cross, you want to grab that one, DJ? Yes, sir. Yeah, Robert Cross, what's up, my man? Hi, DJ and XJ. Missed the casuals this morning. Congrats to my guy Mensa and his fam. Hashtag fifty three wins. Yeah, man. I don't know if you've given the uh, the congratulations to Mensa and the family for having um, uh, a, the new baby, the cute. Or we just got the the first picture, first Nick game. Uh, I had a comment on those cheeks. Uh, uh, I am a parent myself. My kids are a little bit older, so I do I do miss those uh, those that newborn uh, look and cuddliness and and all that. So, man, congratulations, man! So, we, uh, sending all the love to you. That's a it's just a phenomenal moment, and I'm sure the casuals will be back soon, right? I assume uh, we'll, be, we'll be back soon. We couldn't yeah. uh, couldn't record on a Thursday because there was a, obviously a Knicks game on, a, a yeah. sloppy Knicks Pistons game on. I'm just <laughs> I'm just laughing to myself because yeah. I'm like, did Robert Cross just dox Mensa? I'm not sure if Mensa made this announcement publicly. Is what I want. I'm not I'm not 100 <laughs> sure. I'm hopeful that he did, and this is not the unveiling of 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 Mensa's young. Dude. Yeah young uh, member to his family but obviously congrats mensa the big dog the goat mensa yeah. we love you um yes, super happy for you and uh yeah thanks robert hopefully that's uh, <laughs> that's all on the up and up <laughs> bulldog boxing promotions 30 was in control and effective nice game from him i i love that terminology of in control like he yes. it was the epitome of in control like i i you know, a lot of times I feel unsafe, uncomfortable with Randall handling mm -hmm. the ball, putting himself into some positions where he's easy to trap, uh, you know, going along the baseline and not being aware of double teams coming. I didn't feel like that tonight. I felt like he was in control. I felt like he was in control. I felt like he was manipulating the defense. The, the defense was not manipulating him. Um, I felt like he was putting them where he wanted them. Like you mentioned, DJ creating mm -hmm. passing lanes that was, were perfect for him. Um, getting to a shot when he wanted, I just in control, I think is, is a perfect way to describe it. I, I, I do too. And you know, if he can figure out a way to get his shooting back to where it was, I mean, this team, you know, the ceiling is certainly higher than it was last year because I think the team is better around him. Um, so this is where I think where the, you know, you look at big picture uh, for a second, you know, he gets, I feel like everything else for him is starting to, to round into shape. And maybe it was a case of like the ankle surgery, lack of his typical off season training wise, not playing as much five on five because, you know, the finishing was so egregiously bad earlier in the year. And I tweeted, you know, he's uh, last 10 games, he's at 75%. 
um, at the at the rim, which is well above average um, for him and for anyone, um, you know, and at the four or five position. I mean, it's a really good number to be at. Um, probably it's not sustainable, but the fact that he is finishing now with uh, with a higher efficiency speaks to the fact that his athleticism, his um, you know, maybe his conditioning is back to where it was last year. And then it's like, will the shooting get to where it was close to last year? I mean, if it, if that happens, then you know, I think this team has the ceiling where I thought, you know, if every, if things broke right, health broke right, you know, could they get to maybe, uh, you know, 50 wins? Can they push that number? I feel like that is in the cards. If this Julius Randall continues a trend in the direction where he's, uh, where he's been the last, um, you know, 10 or so games. Absolutely. Well said, well said, I'm sure we'll get a, a more, more Randall comments to come. So what do we got next, Justin? Mythic Monty, you want to hit that one? Do you yeah, know? yeah. Won't improve the record um, against below. Uh, that's a below five hundred teams, but that's a um, a great win, especially on a back to back after the lax performance yesterday. Best Julius game. So we've already kind of hit that one. I think that this. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that this has been this was his best overall uh, performance. Uh, the back to back thing was just, you know, this team. You know, for all the, you know, the things that can frustrate us, uh, the things that could really, you know, sort of like be an issue come playoff time or against really good teams. The one thing you can count on most nights is that this team is going to bring a level of energy and effort that is at least on par with their opponent and usually exceed them. And that is just something that I feel like I take for granted um, since Tibbs uh, came on board. But to me, it's like a real impressive part of this identity of this team, because I feel like they know deep down, they're not going to typically outskill their opponent. They have to bring a level of effort and intensity to, to get to where they need to be to win a game uh, against a quality opponent, especially on the road. So to do that on a back to back, uh, just really, really impressive. And I, I felt like uh, the worries I had coming into this game were based on the fact that I wasn't sure against a team uh, in Toronto. We're playing at home, had the had the night off uh, last night. I just had a little, I had some concerns going into this game. And for the Knicks to play at the level they did from start to finish, really, with just a few spurts where things got a little bit hairy in the uh, second quarter, I feel like it was just a, a really... You know, they skill wise, they were great. Production wise, they were really strong. But just effort on a back to back against a really, uh, you know, long, tough, um, aggressive team. Really impressive. Just a, a solid job. Did you do you also feel that do you sometimes take for granted the the effort this team can bring on a night to night basis? Because I know I do. I'm just curious if that is like something you or other uh, fans or analysts of this team uh, can also sort of like lose sight of. Like it is impressive that this team can bring the level of effort every night that they usually do. It's so easy to lose sight of that level of effort. And the thing that really stands out to me tonight is that so much of the effort came in the second half, the second mm-hmm. half yes, sir. of a back-to-back game on the road against a team that, yes, Mythic Monty, they're not over 500, but I think this is a good Raptors team. Defensively, they are a problem. They are a problem for a lot of teams. Like I mentioned, they just really put the clamps on Booker and Durant like you know a couple of nights ago. Mm-hmm. So this is not a slouchy you know Toronto Raptors team. I think that this is, to me, again, this was like a statement win to me just based on all the factors around it, the defense that they were playing, the back-to-back nature, the second half domination that they exhibited. And I totally agree with you, GGI. 
I think it's super easy to sweep under the rug like this level of effort, but we don't see it from teams on this consistent a basis. And that's one of the most that's one of the best things about this team. The effort is always there and the physicality is there. And, yeah. you know, I, I just loved how physical they are. And I loved how that is really why they won this game. I mean, even, even Isaiah Hardenstein, I mean, I didn't love his game tonight. I thought he was pretty good. A lot of times it's like he gets the ball and, um, you know, I was talking to Jeff, uh, Frank Barrett, one, one, nine on, on yeah. Twitter. And he's like, Oh, it's so annoying to me. How Harnstein is just doesn't go straight up. He like puts the ball down, takes a dribble. And I agree. It's pretty annoying. It's also pretty cool that he puts the ball down and pummels the defender <laughs> into the yeah, chest. He gets shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just clearly to me, they're like, we can bully this team. It felt like a concerted mm. effort. It felt like they're tough guys that, that really fight down low. Julius Hartenstein, um, Josh Hart, like you mentioned, those those guys were like, yo, we can bully this team. They're long, they're athletic, but you know what? We're a stronger, more physical team. And to do that on a back-to-back on the road, um, especially in the second half of that back-to-back mm-hmm. after a tie game in the first half, that's super impressive. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I will... to. Jeff's point about the putting the ball on the floor, you know, that is like, you know, Mitch had one... I think it was the second half where I don't know if it was an off- offensive rebound, but he was like, he put on the floor and the ball got immediately stripped. It is like, it's just one of those things where probably, you know, if you're, if you're playing the game, it's like, or you're on the court, you could see where that was a needed play. But when you're watching it, I feel like I am, I fall victim to this all the time where I always assume the the big center can always just go, just go straight up. But there is a, there is a need sometimes to sort of gather yourself and get your balance. And, you know, if you're not like a 99 percentile athlete or an incredibly strong player, like a Dwight Howard, where you can just power through off the catch and off that um, generating that offensive rebound and just go right through guys, most uh, big men can, uh, you know, need that extra dribble just to gather themselves. Um, but yeah, there was one play where Hartenstein did it and he went right into our, I think it was precious that he was, that was guarding him down low and just went right through his chest and finished it. And it was just like a, a good reminder, as you put it, like the Knicks were really had a concerted effort to utilize a big advantage physically, which was their strength. And, uh, they, it was just a phenomenal. It reminded me of the Cleveland series uh, where the Knicks knew they had an edge in this one area physically. And they were just and off the of back to back to be able to get that message sent was, I don't know if it was like a coaching thing or just like the players just all collectively decided like, we're going to physically dominate this team. But it reminded me of the Cleveland series where the Knicks knew they had this edge and just put it into practice in a way that was for, uh, just so apparent for anyone to see uh, watching this game. Really, really, really cool um, uh, to, uh, to watch. Uh, always, you know, it's like a throwback a little bit, uh, not your typical like modern style, but super effective anyway. Totally agree. Yep. Super effective. And yes, Mythic Monty, best Julius game. Uh, we, we agree with that. Um, Dom Cappuccini. What up, man? Uh, feeling vindicated defending Dante signing in July versus Obi Stan friend. Uh, Jays, what what versus Obi Stan friend? What am I not understanding about that? Um, is he saying it? It was a Dante signing versus keeping Obi thing. That's what that's know. what it seems like. But maybe I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, yeah, for sure. You I don't know if we have that. to like take it in that direction. Um, <laughs> I mean, Dante's been really good. Um, I feel like his. I don't know if he's made a two point shot in like several games. <laughs> it's just eleven like, threes across the last two games. I don't know about that, the, the the previous third game, but I think it's okay. just he just has eleven threes over the last two games. Well, the game so against uh, Charlotte, he went two for eight, 
Um, and those were threes, uh, two threes. And then the game before that against Phoenix, two made shots, two threes. So, hmm. and then the game before that, one made shot against Miami and that was a three. So he hasn't made a <laughs> two pointer in what? One, two, three, four, five games. <laughs> that's hilarious this is that's modern basketball baby right it's that. like amazing but listen he can't make a layup so that is like he I mean, if he has made a conscious decision to not not i mean i know he's missed some uh two pointers so it's not like he's not trying them but um yeah his finishing at the basket has been like a problem let's just put it lightly but his shooting has just been um, phenomenal and then defensively i feel like he's maybe getting a little less um, risky in terms of trying to generate seals and just playing a little more solid, solid, solidly. And his, um, you know, defensive rebounding is always really strong. He's been really good. I mean, it's good to, you, know, you sign a guy to like a mid level. This is the production that is like on the high end of what you can expect for a guy. Um, big component to their, their bench unit that has been really good. And I, I just feel like he's been, you know, I, I just feel like he's part of the roster now in a way that is, pretty seamless where I felt like early in the year, he was trying to find himself, especially his um, relationship with Julius on the core just felt a little strained at the beginning. They've figured out a way to utilize their um, collective strengths. He's been really good. And just a, if he's going to shoot at this level or close to it, I mean, the Knicks got a bargain. I mean, just put just, I mean, there's not, he's, if he's going to shoot 40 plus percent at like really good volume. I mean, and play good defense. That's a really good uh, rotation player on, and uh, on a, and a guy that has played playoff games and is he probably not going to be scared of the moment when they get to the playoffs. Just say he's been as, as you know, much as you can expect from a guy signed at that level of deal. He's been everything and probably a little bit more. Totally. Yeah, totally agree. If he's going to shoot like this, it's like a no brainer. I I mean, yeah. obviously, I don't think like this is sustainable, but I do think he can shoot 40% over the season. And mm. I just with his defense and everything else he does, all the intangibles that he brings, the energy that he brings, just the, the high flying rebounds that he attacks. It's just I think he's a tremendous player and fits perfectly into what they're doing here. So he no had a complaint about Dante. Yeah, real quick before you get to the next one, he had the one rebound, I think in the fourth quarter where it might be the one you're referencing where he leaps up off two feet to get it with two hands and then immediately goes into like a deep squat, right? And like it was like kind of around the three-point line. And yep. it was like, these guys are just phenomenal athletes. Like it was like how much yoga, hot yoga has he done to be able to like generate that much force, like all those box jumps and all those like yoga poses, like was, were like perfectly like shown as like, all right, this is all the athletic ability I have in this one um, occasion where I'm going to jump higher than everyone. And I'm going to get lower than everyone. It was just like one of those things where like, these guys are just, just phenomenal athletes. And it was, like, <laughs> I thought it was like a cool little moment to, for a guy to showcase all that on like a, half a second play. That's the exact one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah it was, so it was cool. just it was just ridiculous. And the fact that, it, yeah, he just gets so high and he's so aggressive at attacking the boards to the and, and, you know, based on that landing that he's just going all out like he's going mm -hmm. all out. He's maxed out. He's like, I'm getting this rebound. And to get that from a guard from a six, four guard is really unbelievable. There aren't I mean, we have two of those guys. We I mean, we have Josh Hart, who's more of a wing and, and, and you know, mm -hmm. Dante, who's more of a hybrid wing guard uh, on the smaller side. But two of those kinds of guys who can do that and really aggressively attack the boards um, from the perimeter. It's just really, I, I think that's an underrated aspect of what the Knicks are, have going on this year. So I totally yeah, agree. agree with yeah. you there. Yeah. What do we got? What do we got? Keith, uh, is that you? Is that your turn? 
I think so. So we got extremely impressive uh, W all around, especially after last night. I uh, totally agree there. Shout out to those Nova boys. Uh, fist bump to KFS. Yeah, man. I mean, the, the, the Nova boys, I mean, this was, they have a, um, you know, they closed the game last night. Uh, the three of them as Benji uh, aptly put in his post game show after, um, you know, after the Pistons game, they were like, he referred to them as the adults in the room to sort of like uh, put the game to bed. And then it was like, you know, obviously Brunson didn't have his most efficient game, but he was really good. I mentioned Josh Hart just being this probably his best game of the year. And then DiVincenzo continues to light it up. Um, from three, uh, phenomenal performance by the three of them. And you could just see, it's like, as you watch them, you, you just see things in terms of like the aggression of that they can bring on in all their different ways. Like, it's like, they're not the longest, the strongest, but there's like a physical nature to them and like a athleticism that is really well applied to the game of basketball where you wouldn't put these guys on like and test them in like an empty gym and be like, all right, these are amazing athletes, but they, they for in different ways, they apply that athleticism in a really phenomenal way. So I don't know if that is, uh, you know, or, you know, come, comes from like where they went to school at, at Villanova. Maybe it's like how they teach them athletically or the, how they recruit them. But however it is, these guys are, they really apply their athleticism in a phenomenal way. Um, and I think all three of them are just, they're just such smart, good basketball players. And it just, it's like, it's simple. It's a simplistic way of looking at it, but the more of like good, smart basketball players you have on the floor, despite maybe some like athletic deficiencies or height deficiencies, it, it really can benefit your roster um, to get these guys on the court. And obviously they have like the symbiotic relationship and they can, they play off each other really well. So yeah, man, I mean, the Nova boys have been just really good. And I like that Josh Hart is rounding into shape. Uh, this, the bench unit in general with the two with Hart and DiVincenzo quickly i heart i mean it's it, they really are they have something going for them um and this has been like a different unit than it was last year but it's like their bench unit continues to be a major strength and um it's just an edge and nixon going to every game thinking all right we have this edge so we we can go down in the first quarter but we bring that we bring in our bench in the second quarter we can really come back and 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 make this a ball game or extend a lead so yeah but it's based a lot on those uh nova boys and i feel like it's a really good um uh, point by keith Keith, uh, to mention that they, they were really good tonight again. Yeah, not not much to add for me there. I think to, to me, it's just the thing that stands out, something that you mentioned with it, which is just the basketball IQ. I think of mm -hmm. all three of these guys knowing where to be, knowing how to time cuts, knowing how to play off of the way that the defense is playing them. I think it's all amazing. And and I think it's really such a sophisticated point you brought up about their type of athleticism in each of them and the way that they're able to leverage it to maximize their abilities. Mm. And I think, I mean, maybe Dante might be the only one who's like a kind of more a traditional high flyer athlete. Um, but you know, he's still kind of, he still doesn't have all the traditional athletic gifts. I think he has yeah, some, he's got a load on two ability. feet. Yeah, yeah. It's like a two, he's a two foot. No, he's not going to go off one foot and like sky and finish in the, right. on the half course. So it's a little bit, a little bit different, but he is certainly like probably the best athlete of the, of the three. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's just the way that they're able to really leverage the athleticism that they do have and to get the most out of it. Yeah. I think it's something that I really love about the game of basketball, about watching basketball players who may not be the most athletic, may not be the fastest, but they are able to figure out how to get the most out of what they do have. And I think there are players who do have some of those more athletic gifts that aren't able to leverage them as much as some players who don't. And I think that that's, that's such an amazing thing about the game to me. Um, and I love seeing that in these, these guys uh, every night.
And shout out Ryan Archer <laughs> Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to forget our boy. Uh, yeah.